Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We are in the middle of the series called Heart of the Father, and today Pastor CJ's message is called Don't Quit Part 2. Painful trials are fertile ground for the seeds of doubt. When trials and trouble come into your life and you feel like quitting, remind God of His promises and His Word. We hope you enjoy this message. Have your sermon notes. I should be in your bulletin. I want to. I want to pick up where we left off last week. I want to talk about the heart of the Father. Don't quit. Part two. The heart of the Father. Don't quit. Part two. Uh, last week, if you saw, we had many, many people that came forward last week that just ready to throw in the towel. I think we are all at one point or another. We all feel like sometimes wanting to quit. Amen. We sometimes feel like, man, giving in, throwing in the towel, maybe throwing, throwing in the towel about being a father, being a mother, being a whatever, and we just maybe want to throw in a towel. But today I want to talk to you about don't quit again, part two. But last week we said a couple things that's in your bulletin or on your notes that says we talked about a couple things last week. Endurance or perseverance is needed for godly living. Why is that true? Because few things about life are easy. How many know that's true? Life is going to have its ups and downs. Life is going to have its highs and its lows. Life is going to have its, its peaks. It's going to have its valleys. We're going to have those things. And the Bible told us, we talked about last week in 1 Peter 4.12, don't be surprised by the highs and lows that we're going to go through in life. We're going to have those things. Don't be surprised by them. Don't be caught off guard by them. Don't be blindsided by them. We're going to have the highs and lows of life. They're inevitable. Every one of us are going to go through the highs and lows. The enemy is like a lion looking for whom he may devour, and he has you on his hit list. And because you're on his hit list, he wants to take you out. He wants to kill, rob, and destroy. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy jobs. He wants to destroy. That's his whole mission in life. He has a mission in life, and that is to destroy. He never tires. And so I want you to understand that. The only one that sometimes tires is us. The enemy never tires. He's looking for whom he may devour. He always looks for the weakest one in the bunch. And when he finds the weakest one in the bunch, what he does, he attacks you and he comes against you. That's why it says in Ephesians 6 verse 18, to be in season, out of season, pray on all occasions so that you be alert to the attacks of the enemy, to be alert and not be caught off guard, to know that the enemy is going to come in and try to attack you and come against you, but you have to be ready and all prepared to go to battle. You see, listen, I love this. God wants us to cultivate the virtue of forbearance or long-suffering in our lives. In other words, he wants us to keep bringing it up, to keep cultivating, to never stop growing in the things of God, to become stronger day in and day out, that God wants you to continue to grow and to cultivate endurance in your life. That, man, if you have one victory, man, look forward to getting another victory. I don't know about you, but I love when one victory leads to another victory. But every time you have a victory, it gives you confidence more to go forward to the next victory. You know, victories are like lily pads, one lily pad to another. You're like a leapfrog going from one lily pad to another lily pad to get you across to the other side. So every time you have a victory, you should celebrate that victory for that victory is a reminder if I did it then, I can do it now. You see, a lot of times what happens is we don't take time enough to celebrate the wins that are in our lives. We're always looking forward to the next battle, the next thing we're going through. 
But we need to take time to celebrate the victories that we have in our lives, the things that we win. You see, when you have celebrate those things, it gives you confidence and assurance that, man, if I've done it before, I can do it now. How I many you know that's true? That I can do it now. But David says in Psalms 147, verse 3, I love reading the book of Psalms. If you ever notice the Psalms, David, here he was, a man after God's own heart. The Bible says he was a brother that sticks closer to him than the brother, that David, man, was a friend of God. All these things that God talks about David. But if you read Psalms, if you read Psalms, here's the cool thing about David. If you read Psalms, Psalms is like this. It's like a roller coaster. It's like a roller coaster. It really is. And if you read Psalms, Lisa, it's so cool because what happens is one day, David is on the mountaintop. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But then the next day, he's in the valley. Where can I sense you, God? Where can I run from God? Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Many times through the word of God or through Psalms, you hear David's on the mountaintops. He's in the valley. He's up and he's down. I've told you last week that farms, why are farms not on mountaintops? Because crops grow better in the valley. And sometimes you're in the valley because crops grow better in the valley. Sometimes things that you go through in the valley make you better and stronger to get you to the mountaintops. And so David, I love reading Psalms because David is just like you and I. He is human. He has feelings. He has emotions. Even though he was a child of God, he was a man after God's own heart, he still had ups and downs, highs and lows. And how many of you know that the best example is one who's gone through it? And that's David. And David leaves us an example. And the example that he leaves us is to not quit. And what he says in Psalms 147, verse 3, he says these words. And I love this. He heals the brokenhearted. In other words, what David is saying he heals the brokenhearted. Well, how can you be brokenhearted if you never had a struggle? You know what brokenhearted is? Maybe you went through rejection. Doesn't rejection hurt? It hurts when you get rejected. It hurts when you go through those things, when you go through pain, and when you go through those things, man, it hurts. Maybe uh, I remember the time when I broke up with my girlfriend or she broke up with me, I should say, when I first had my first girlfriend. Do you remember that pain? Woo, it killed me, man, amen? And it was that hurt. But he heals the brokenhearted. And how many of you know that there might be some brokenheartedness here right now? There might be people in this congregation right now that are maybe going through some tough times, maybe discouraged, maybe feeling defeated. But what David is doing, he's actually speaking encouragement to you that God heals the brokenhearted. And he's, he's trying to encourage you that, God, maybe you have a broken heart today. Maybe you had a, a bankruptcy, or maybe you've gone through a financial crisis. Maybe you have a tough time on your job. Maybe you feel like throwing in a towel. Maybe you feel like quitting. Whatever is your broken heart, there's hope for you that God wants to heal the broken hearted. And that broken heart, he's talking about you, that God desires to heal the broken heart. But then what he says, and he binds up their wounds. In other words, he begins to mend and he begins to repair the brokenness of your hearts. That God takes the brokenness of your heart and he begins to heal it, mend it, and reform it. But here's the thing. David then says in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. How many of you know it's hard to be still when you're under fire? It's hard to be still when you're under fire. It's hard to be still when you're being pressed on all sides. It's hard to trust. It's hard to let go. It's hard to not to take control. It's hard to wait on God. But God says, listen, be still and know that I am God. 
And God says, listen, I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. But he says, you got to be still and trust me. Even though you may not see results today, maybe tomorrow, even, even next week, know that I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. But you have to be still and trust me and know that I'm working it out. And Daniel, I love the story about Daniel. Daniel paid, prayed for 21 days. He prayed and he believed for 21 days, Pastor. Pastor John, he prayed and he believed, Karen, that, man, that God was going to answer his prayer and bring deliverance. But you know what happened? It didn't happen one day. It didn't even happen in a week. It didn't even happen in two weeks. It didn't even happen in 14 days or 20 days. It happened in three weeks. Finally, God came and he answered his prayer. Just think if Daniel would have quit. Just think if he would have quit, Andy, in the middle of the stream. God, I prayed, I believed, nothing's happening. God, you must not love me. God, you must not care about me. God, you must have forsaken me. Where are you now, God, when I need you? But Daniel didn't start doing that. He didn't start having a pity party. He didn't start looking down on things. He kept looking up the author and the perfecter of his faith, and he believed God that, God, your word said it, and that settles it in my heart, and I'm going to steadfast in you. I'm going to hold on regardless of what I see or don't see. God, I'm going to hold on. Amen? And so what he said, listen, he said, after 21 days, God sent an angel. And the angel says to Daniel, he says, Daniel, I heard you the very first day you prayed. He heard you. But he said, I had to fight or make a way or take, come against those things that were trying to hold me back from the blessing that I want to bring to you. But because you were faithful and because you kept on praying, because you were diligent, because you didn't quit, the breakthrough came. You will never know when your breakthrough, Jeff, is coming if you're always quitting. If you continue to press on, David said, I heal the brokenhearted. And I love this. It's easy to quit than it is to stay in there. How many of you know it's true? I just quit. Man, then pretend it goes away, and then I'll get back in the race again. But now you got double the problem. you got last year's problems, and now you got this year's problems. you still got the same problems. Now they just compound it because you never took care of them because I've always quit. I love what David then says in Psalms 119, verses 49 and 50. This is so cool. If you have your Bibles, you should underline this word. Look at what David is saying. Remember, that very word right there, he says, remember. But look at what he's saying. Remember your word to your servant. In other words, David is reminding God of his promises. He says, remember your word to your servant. Who's the servant? It's you and I. So what David is saying, he says, Lord, remember your word. Lord, I'm reminding you of your promises. Lord, I'm reminding you of your word. Your word is yes and amen. Your promises of 2 Corinthians 1, 18, 19, and 20 are always yes and amen. And I'm reminding you, God, of your promises. How many of our kids remind us of our promises, right? Come on. Our kids, when you tell your kids, be careful what you say because they'll hold that against you. Mama, you said that. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? And they remind you of your promises. 
that you have made to them. And what David is saying is that you need to remind God of his promises. But he says, remember your word to your servant. Now watch this. For you have given me hope. You see, listen, here's the, why does David say you've given me hope? Because your promises are yes and amen. You will do that what you said you would do. You will follow through with your word. And therefore, God, I know that God in time, not my timetable, but your timetable, God doesn't run on our timetable. He runs on his own to be with a day. The Lord is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a, like a day, right? Can you imagine God's timetable? He doesn't run on our timetable. So he says, it's given me hope that God, your word is true. Your word is life. And therefore, God, you said it. That settles it. I believe it. I receive it. I can have hope of knowing that my circumstances in life are going to change. Therefore, I have hope. But then what he goes on to say in verse 50, my comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. In other words, it helps me to endure. It helps me to go through the battles or the struggles of my life. You see, uh, my uncle, Uncle Gary, used to work for the space shuttle. And he made the heat shields that they placed on the space shuttle. And all those heat shields, he had to test them. He had to make sure that they can resist or stand a certain amount of temperature. He had to also make sure that they weren't fragile, that they were resistant to struggles or for pressure and for not easily broken and shattered and these things. So what he had to do is he had to make these things that they were tempered and all these things. And when they placed them on the heat shield, they had on the, on the space shuttle, they had two different reasons, two different purposes. Number one, that when they hit the, the sound barrier, there's two things that happens. Number one, when they hit the sound barrier, that space shuttle begins to shake. <laughs> right? Begins to shake. And so they have two, uh, two decisions that the, the astronauts have to do. And he was telling me the story. He said the two decisions that they have to do is this. When they start going through the struggles or through the hardships, they can either make this decision. Keep the pedal to the metal or take the pedal off the metal or the foot off the pedal. Back off, in other words. So I can either keep going forward or I can pull the pedal off the metal and just retreat and go backwards. And he says, also when you go through the sound barrier, you're hitting that heat wave. And the heat is why the panels are there. So it's there for resistance, for struggle, for hardships, for down breaking, and also for heat. And what happens is once it gets through that sound barrier, through the shaking and through all that stuff, the turbulence, what happens is once it breaks through the sound barrier, it's smooth. And some of you right now are bumping the sound barrier. Maybe you're bumping the sound barrier in your life, and things are shaking right now. You have a whole lot of shaking going on. And maybe you're like, shake and bake, and we helped. And you know what? You're right there against that sound barrier, and you have a decision to make. Either I'm going to quit, or I'm going to keep the pedal to the metal. That's your decision. And God says, if you keep the pedal to the metal, I'll pull you through, because I said, what? Take up the shield of faith. The shield of faith is like one of those panels that is on the shuttle. If you hold on to the shield of faith and suit up for battle. God will never let you lose. And he says, listen, you have a decision, Andy. Are you going to keep the pedal to the metal? Or when things get tough, are you going to back away? And once those astronauts push through that sound barrier, I'm free. And that's where you're at. Some of you have got a shaking going on in your life. Maybe some of you got things that going on that you don't understand but that's where God says, listen, you just be still and know that I'm God and I'm in control. I'm taking care of things that maybe you don't see or understand. Whenever you're feeling like quitting, remind God of his promises in your word. 
Remind God, God, your word says this. Your word says this. Why is it that we are so afraid to remind God of his promises? God says you have not because you ask not. What is asking? Asking is reminding God of your promises. God, you said you supply all my needs according to your glorious riches. That, Connie, is reminding God of his promises. God, your word says by your stripes I am healed. That is reminding God of his promises. God, you said what two or three agree, it shall be done. God, I'm standing in agreement for my need in my life. That is reminding God of his promises. When you remind God of his promises... It activates God to remove on his promises, to move on his promises, to move on his word because his word is yes and amen. Why is it that we're so sheepish to go to God when God says come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in our time of need? God doesn't say come sheepishly. God doesn't say being afraid. God doesn't say, man, you don't have to come with, 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 with fear and trembling. But God says come with confidence and knowing that I'm your Papa Father, your Abba Father, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that you can ask anything in thy name, it shall be done. It's reminding God of his promises. I wonder how many of us really remind God of his promises. I wonder. Reminding God is also a way of asking God or telling God where you are and how you are doing. God, this is where I'm really at. Can I be real honest with you? One of the saddest things about our Christian walk sometimes, we think that if we're vulnerable with God and telling God really where we're at, we got, we're equated. Here's how we look at this. If I really tell God, Heather, where I'm at, then I must be weak in my faith. Sometimes we got to, I can't tell God this. What's God going to think? What's God going to think? I, hey, I'm supposed to be this spiritual giant, and I'm supposed to be invincible. I'm supposed to have this. I can't tell God, but God already knows every hair on your head. He knows every need in your life. All he wants you to do, Bob, is ask. But so many times we want to put on this mask and this facade and think like we got it all together, and God wants us to just be transparent and honest with him and tell him, how are you doing? I love in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, when the father said to Jesus, Jesus, I believe he said, Jesus, I believe. How many of us, we all believe in here, right? We all believe. But you know what he said that made the miracle happen in his life? What made the miracle happen in his life, he finally got honest with God. He didn't play games with God. He got honest with God. And when he got honest with God, he said, God, I believe. But then he said, Lord, help me to overcome my unbelief. And the moment he got to the place of being honest with God, Lord, I'm lacking, I'm struggling, I'm having some difficulties, God, right now. I don't quite understand. Lord, I just don't know, God, what's going on? When he was honest with God, that's when the breakthrough took place in his life. And God desires that you're just honest with him. Be straightforward with God. God remembers his promises, but do you believe them? Do you believe them? Do you just let them go through one ear and out the other? Do you accept them? Do you embrace them? Do you really just make them part of your life? Jeremiah said, your word is like sweet honey to my lips. Your word is like honey. Your word is life. Your word is true. Your word is like double-edged sword, sharper than any double-edged sword. Your word, God, I accept them. But then do you apply them? You see, you can have all the faith in the world, but you got to have feet under your faith. I can, re I can receive them, and I can be this sponge, and I can absorb it all. But are you doing something with it? 
You got to have feet under your faith and you have to walk it out. God, listen, I don't understand it, but Lord, your word says it. I believe it. That settles it in my heart. Lord, your word will not return void. I love in Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11, it says these words. And look at what God, how he explains his word. As the rain and the snow, we don't want no more snow, amen? We'll take the rain for April showers, bring May flowers and all that kind of stuff, right? But as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So in other words, the rain and the snow have purpose for its watering. It brings life. It brings refreshment. It brings nourishment to the plant so they can grow. Is that correct? Now watch what he says. It says, so is my word, your word, his word. His word is his bond. His word is a handshake to you that he never breaks. He says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth, out from my mouth. May the words of his mouth be true to you, right? It's out from our mouth. It will not return to me empty. In other words, when God speaks, not one word the Bible said fell to the ground. God is not a wasteful God. That's why he gathered the 12 baskets and the five, the fish, the two of the baskets of fish and the loaves of bread. Because why? He's not a wasteful God. God doesn't waste his word. So when he speaks his word, his word is truth. But he wants you to apply it to your life. He said, it will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So what are you saying, Sarah? My word is true to you. And I'm not going to tell you a lie. I'm not going to speak riddles to you. I'm going to speak truth to you, facts to you. And my facts is this. I will supply. I will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I love this. God, the healer of our hearts. And God, the healer of our hearts is this. I want you to just hear this. To the saddened heart, he pours the oil of gladness. To the discouraged heart, he brings a song of hope. To the lonely heart, he comes with nearness of his presence. To the drifting heart, he secures the anchor of his steadfast love. To the wounded heart, he applies the healing ointment of his grace. To the soiled heart, he washes with the rivers of mercy. To the troubled heart, he smooths with the quiet strength of his peace. You see, ever wonder why Jesus became a man? In Philippians 2, verse 8, he humbled himself as a man. Why did he become a man? So that he could understand you. Have you ever said this before? No one understands. When you're in the quietness of your home all by yourself, what do you always say? No one understands. Jesus understands. He knows exactly where you're at. Because why? He humbled himself as a man, taking on the very nature of you and I. So Jesus became a man to understand but he was divine, what? So that he can help you. To help you to overcome the battles or the struggles of your life. And so that Jesus came to help you. You see that? In John 14, verse 26, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit dwells amongst us here. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. The Holy Spirit's here right now. But here's the role of the Holy Spirit. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, which dwells amongst us right now, he says this, we'll teach you all things. But then he goes on to say, and remind you of everything I have said to you. So he'll remind you of everything, mom, that he said to you. 
Everything that God says, his promises, his word that you read, when you're going through the darkest and darkest times and the valleys of your life, what is the Holy Spirit's job? Is to bring it up to you and say, listen, I remind you of this. Remember my promises, my mark, my promises are yes and amen. My promises are true to you. You may be walking through this valley. You may be going through this in your life, but my role as the Holy Spirit is to bring that back up in you and to remind you it's going to be okay. I'm turning things around. That's my mission. That's my goal. That's my desire to prod in you, to remind you, to bring up in you the truth of my word. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. So when you hear that or you feel that prompting in your spirit, take heed because God is speaking to you about his word to remind you that I am with you. Amen? Amen? That's what he's there for. And he wants to remind you, remind you of his promises. I don't know about you, but some time ago we, we did a video, promises or prof, prof, promises over your promises. Promises over your promises. And it's on the website, but I want you to get a hold of this one more time. Check this out. I am the child of the Most High God. I am a party waiting to happen. Angels rejoice over me, demons flee from me, and God himself dances over me with singing. I am the bearer of good news, a minister of reconciliation, the carrier of the King of glory. I am the righteousness of Christ and a temple of the Holy Spirit. I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. I have the mind of Christ. I am anointed by God and I was created by Him for good works. I have favor with God, favor with man, and a good understanding. I am chosen by God. I have been sanctified and made truly holy. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I am always on God's mind. He thinks about me constantly. Even before the creation of the world, I was planned. I am a child of the King, adopted into his family. An heir in Christ, accepted in the beloved. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I lack no good thing. I have an abundance for every good work. I was predestined by God for success. I am placed and seated with him, a king and priest, part of a chosen generation of peculiar people. I am blessed coming in and going out. My family is blessed, my flocks are blessed, and everything I touch prospers. I am the head and not the tail, above the circumstances and not beneath them. No weapon formed against me can prosper. No plague can come near my dwelling, my house, or my body. And nothing can separate me from the love of God, not angels or demons, not principalities or powers, nothing in this world or out of it. I am equipped with the full armor of God, packed full of the Holy Spirit with more than enough power inside of me to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out devils. My faith can move mountains. My words contain life and death. My life was bought at a price. Jesus covered it. My days are appointed. My life is protected. Angels encamp around me, and the blessings of God encircle me. Go before me and overtake me. The creator of the universe, my dad, loves me with an everlasting love. 
He is with me always. He thinks about me constantly. He knows everything about me, even the number of hairs on my head. His love for me is inescapable, insurmountable, and irrefutable. I am all around awesome. Just ask my dad. Somebody say amen. Is that true? Now that is the promises for you. That's the promises for your life. That's how simple it is. You have to stand on his promises. Remind yourself of his promises, and he will remind you of his word. You know, when I go do leadership, there are three things about success and leadership. And they're on the stage, on the screen. But watch this. Three keys to success. If you want to make it in life, not only just in, in, in business, or in, but in your personal life, you have to have three things. Number one, discipline. You have to stay to the task. Stay to the task in your life. Don't be a quitter. Stay to it. Doesn't matter how fast or slow you are. Stay to it. Be, get in the routine. Get, get, get things in your life. Number two is be determined. Determination. I have to have determination that I'm going to make it. You see, a lot of times what happens with leaders, they quit in the middle of the stream. If you're an, uh, uh, like Chris, that's your, your businessman, you have to de have determination. I don't care how, what's going on right now. I don't care if I have clients or don't have clients, but I'm determined that I'm going to make it happen. But then the third thing is what we always have to have is this, is we have to be endure. We have to have endurance. I got to stay in there for the long haul. I can't quit. The breakthrough might be to tomorrow, but I'll never know of the breakthroughs tomorrow if I quit today. And you have to stay in there. The three keys to success is discipline, determination, and endurance, that I'm going to endure. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to be determined like a dog on a bone. I'm not going to quit. Somebody say amen. You see, listen, a little more persistence and a little more effort in what seemed hopeless failure may turn into glorious success. Wow. Somebody say amen. You never know if you're going to quit in the middle of the stream. You got to keep pressing forward. In 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, I love what he says here. He says, in all this, you greatly rejoice now. Watch what he says. Now, though, through, though, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trial. But you notice what he said? For a little while. How many know that when you're going through a battle, it seems like eternity? Man, I mean, doesn't it seem like eternity? It could be just an hour thing, but for us, man, it seems like forever and ever and ever. You know why it is? Because we want to fixate on it. We want to, man, focus all our attention on it. We want to put all our energy on it. And God said, listen, man, it's gone. It's over. But when we haven't gotten over it, we want to fixate on it. We want to meditate on it. We want to rehearse it. We want to fast forward. We want to curse it. We want to nurse it. We want to hold on to all that stuff. And God said, listen. It's only a little while, but you take it in from an anthill and make it into a mountain. You make it more than it really is. And sometimes we blow things out of proportion, and we overreact, and God said, just be still and know that I'm God. And he says, listen, in verse 7, he says this. He says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which uh, perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, man, that you come out on top that I made it, I fought the fight, 
I've kept the faith. I finished the race. I've came out on top. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I didn't throw in the towel when others told me to throw it in, like Job, when his wife said, Job, just curse God and die. Job said, no, I'm not going to curse God and die. I'm not going to throw in the towel. Yes, I got scales on me, and I had to take my broken pieces of clay and and scrape the, the, the scales off my body. But even though I'm under this affection, and even though I'm under this pain, under this suffering, I'm not going to quit. And in the end, what did God do to Job? He blessed him three times more than he had when he first started. Read the end of Job. Because he could have quit, but he was determined, I'm not going to quit. Maybe you're that Job. Maybe you're that one that's thrown in the towel and God said, don't quit because I'm going to bless you more than you had in your previous days. You see, painful trials are fertile ground for seeds of doubt. How many know that's true? Doubt will start creeping in. God, where are you when I need you the most? Doubt will make you question his promises. They don't work for me. They work for them, but not for me. Doubt will weaken your face. Doubt will make you want to quit. I mean, that's true. Last week, we talked about the secrets of endurance. We talked about last week, embrace your adversity. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Be like David. Run to the giant. Surround yourself with champions, right? Now, today, I want to talk to you really quickly. Go ahead, Andrew. Get rid of what's holding you back. You got to get rid of what's holding you back. Only you know what's holding you back. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, look what he says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You have to let go of those things that hold you back. A runner, what is the key to a runner? To try to get the lightest shoes it can get. Now they got these dry, uh, these dry uh, uh, clothes, you know, that they wear dry, dry fit clothes that they wear to try to make them even lighter, that they don't absorb the sweat, to make the runner lighter when he runs. A swimmer, when they swim, when they go into the Olympics. I love the study of the swimming. I, I read a big thing on Mark Spix when he ran all the medals. Man, when I read that way back in my younger days, but Mark Spix, if you read about him, he was a big, big time swimmer for the Olympics. He would shave all the hair on his arms and his legs to make himself more what? Lighter, more smoother, so he could cut through the water. In other words, he had to cut loose of those things that were hindering to make him lighter and faster. What's holding you back? Maybe there's something in your life that's holding you back that's holding you back that you have to let go of. You got to let go of those things that are hindering you. See, listen, listen, is unbelief hindering you? Is some kind of habit stalling your spiritual momentum or some sin demoralizing you? You see, what's holding you back? No man knows the heart better than the man himself. And you have to take a look at yourself. Do an inventory of yourself. What keeps holding me back? Why do I get so close but yet so far? Why do I always seem to get close to the finish line but I can never cross it? What's holding you back from obtaining all what God has for your life? Are you continually going around that same tree? Are you continually having to go through the guilt one day and the shame because you keep going back to it? And then you have to repent and go back. Then you have to repent and go back. Back and forth. God says, just let it go. All he wants you to do is just let it go. You see, listen, what holds you back is maybe not who and not a what. Maybe it's not a what. A snake sheds skin like a new for new skin. And sometimes we need to shed our old friends for new friends. Maybe we have some people in our lives that are holding you back, or maybe you're holding someone else back. 
maybe we just need to maybe look for different things to uplift us. I'm moving fast. Number two, stay focused on the goal. Stay focused on the goal. Stay focused on what God has for your life. You can read that in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, but for sake of time, endurance takes anticipation. We must focus on Jesus and the life he offers us. You got to stay focused on Jesus. Listen, what is distracting you? What is keeping you from going to the right and to the left? The straightest line from point A to point B is the fastest way to get there. But a lot of times we're getting off focus. We're getting off kilter. We're getting swayed over here. We're not staying in our own lane. And you know what happens a lot of times why we don't stay in our own lane? We get into this comparison with other people. We compare ourselves with other people that we start swaying over here. If I could be like him or her, or if I can be like him or her over here, and we're back and forth, back and forth. God wants you to stay in your own lane. Be who God created you to be. Stay focused on him, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Stay in who God called you to be, folks. Stay in who God wants you to be. And he fearfully and wonderfully made you. And he wants you to stay in your lane, not in someone else's lane. Run your own race. That's why Paul says to run your own race. Your life will follow your thoughts. And what you're focused on will grow. What are you focusing on? What are you fixating on? And ask yourself, what you're fixating on, is it really worth it? Is it stealing from you? Is it really edifying you? Is it building you up or is it bringing you down? You have to let it go and get focused on God. It's Isaiah, that, it's supposed to be Isaiah 26.3, not 23.6, but Isaiah 26.3 is he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you. Jesus will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is fixed on you. That, God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you, not on all the distractions around me. And so what? So many times what happens, we get so distracted about what's going on around us instead of being fixed on him. We're looking for the approval of man instead of the approval of God. And because of that, man, we're being discouraged, we're being let down, we're being upset, we're being mad. Why? Because we're looking for the approval of man other than Mark than God. And God says, I love you just as you are. I accept you. I forgive you. I receive you just as you are. And that's what God wants you to be today. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Embrace the Lord and love him today. Keep focused on him. And God will help you through what he has for you. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to say thank you for being here today. What a, what a great opportunity to be with you today. And I want to encourage you for tonight, the parenting class tonight. Man, I heard it's been going great. And if you're a part of that, wow, that's exciting. I hear great reports out of that. So praise the Lord. Make sure you're here tonight for that. But I want to pray for you today. Maybe you feel like quitting. Just like we alluded to earlier in the service, you draw near to God, what you did. Now he'll draw near to you. You have to draw near to God and let him embrace you. Let him come into your situation, but you have to give him that invitation. So this morning, Father, I pray for every individual right now. If there are those here today that are maybe feel like quitting or throwing in the towel or giving up, I pray that, Father, today that you will come into their situation. Lord, no weapon formed against them shall prosper. They are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, our Lord.
And I pray that God today, that they will keep focused on you, that they'll stay in their lane, not looking for the approval of man, but of you. Because God, you know what's best for them. Lord, you fearfully and wonderfully made them. Lord, they are special in your sight. And I pray that God today, that you will bless them and meet their needs according to your glorious riches. May we always, Lord, remind you of your promises. Remind you, because your word says, remember your servant. Remember your servant in your word. And Lord, so today we remind you of our, your promises. Your promises are yes and amen. So Father, I thank you for the hope that we have of knowing that God, your word says so. And therefore we believe it and we receive it. Bless each individual here today. And we thank you, Father, for this is the day that you have made. And let us rejoice in it and be glad. And all God's people said, now let's give the Lord praise. Can we do that? Come on, come on. Amen, amen. God bless you today. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If you want to keep up with all that is going on here at Adventure Church, please download our app by texting AC Siren app, all one word, to 77977 for a direct link. Or visit our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.